If you didn't, if you weren't here for, especially if you're part of the family here, if you weren't here for last week for uh, Dennis's message uh, from Ezekiel 34 on shepherds, sheep, shepherding, uh, a healthy faith community, I just encourage you get the get on the podcast and listen. Just go to Kairos Church, where you know use your favorite podcast player. It's a really good message. I think a really vital message for the family here. So get on there, and I appreciate you getting those up so quick, Matt. Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, I know I was down with the children. I think on your second message on uh, political, how to how to weather the political storm, and I got on right away that day. I'm like, it's not up yet. You know, it was like ten minutes after service. But um, but I also want to say that those were two very good messages. Thank you, Matt, for preaching those. And uh, so again, if you're tracking with us a little bit, even go back a couple more weeks and catch those messages. Because we really felt as leadership here, it's, it's good to prepare ourselves, you know, for a little bit of intensity that no doubt is coming uh, in the political realm in the nation here and uh, to keep our focus on Jesus. So I want actually I want to do something today. I want to talk about that a little bit with you. Uh, and uh, one thing that Matt said, and I'm going to pray over the message, but I wanted to put this up here. One thing Matt said is one of my favorite things you said in those two messages was... Um, he said, we need to take off our political party hat and just relate to each other as believers, as the family of God. And so I put this up here. I said, you know, let's just take all the hats off and let's just wear this hat right here. This is the hat there. Okay, that's a good hat right there. It's the, it's the just Jesus hat. And uh, I, I had to throw in the just Jesus term, terminology again in my message today. But uh, that's a good hat to wear. Well, let's pray, and we'll get, we'll get into the Word today. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for just right now anointing this time we're together. <clears throat> Lord, that you will you'll speak to us. You'll speak to our hearts, not just our heads, Lord. We open our hearts, as we sang earlier. We open the eyes of our heart. We open the ears of our heart to you, to what you have for us today. Lord, we ask for transformation through the Word today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So the first thing I want to say, I'm going to do this like maybe 10 minutes-ish, 10 or 12 minutes on speaking into preparing our hearts for the, the political intensity that's coming here upon the... I think it's probably a little bit already here, but it's, it's going to be increasing. So the first thing I want to say is very simple, and it's this. Let's be led by the Holy Spirit and not by a political spirit. I was going to have a show of hands. How many of you want to be led by the Holy Spirit? But I'm sure it would be all of us. That's what we want. That's what we want. Uh, and of course, it's okay. And, and Matt has said some of this. I want to repeat some of it. It's okay to have our political persuasions, our political opinions. That's, I have them. I'm sure you have them. It's okay to have them. But what's not okay is to weaponize them. <laughs> Okay, um, to take those things and rather than being led by the Holy Spirit, we, we start to be led by those things. And then what can happen, and this is what we don't want to happen in our own lives, is we can begin to uh, endanger the unity that we're to walk in, in in the kingdom, in the family. Those things can be endangered. When we get in a wrong spirit about this, we get more in a political spirit and we begin to sacrifice that love and unity that we need to have here in the body of Christ. 
The second thing, so that's number one. Let's be led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, not by a political spirit. The second thing is this, what I call a, the danger progression or a dangerous progression. So how it starts is, is with, with, uh, with opinion. And, and we might want to say, did I put it? Yeah, this is a great thing. I thought we ought to just stare at that for a minute because that's helpful to remember. You know, some things are matters of opinion, and it's okay to have them. And that's, that's something that politics are. They're a matter of opinion. But let's go here to this uh, progression today. So what it starts with is it starts with an interest. So you have an interest in something, in a political issue, in politics in general. Uh, so you have this interest. I don't know. Is that, or can we get to the, yeah, the dangerous progression. So we have an interest. And that's good. It's good to be interested. It's good to be involved. It's good to be connected. I think some people even have particular callings to serve the Lord in, in political way, in, you know, in, in politics, in that realm, in that area. And that's good. I've known some of those people personally, both here and, and back in Joplin. When we used to live there. We, we had friends that were very involved. But the, what we don't want to happen is for this to progress. And, and what can happen is, first of all, it progresses to a distraction. So the interest that you have suddenly you begin to get distracted by this interest. I think most of us can relate to that in one way or another, not just politics, maybe other things. And so how do we know that it's a distraction? Well, we, a lot of it is time management. We begin to spend like tons of our time. I was going to say too much time, but that's a value judgment. I'll leave that up to you. But we begin to spend a lot of our time on this. And, um, you know, it begins to uh, be something that we get, you know, we get, we get too worked up about it. You know, we, we get worked up emotionally about these things. It's starting to, to distract us. We might even get into fear, that, and that's in one of Matt's messages. Uh, we can get into fear, and fear is sometimes a tool even that is used in the political realm to motivate people to uh, get on board or whatever. You know, if you don't do this, Terrible things will happen if you don't vote this way or whatever. So we might get into fear. And, uh, and so we find ourselves, ourselves distracted from our relationship with the Lord. Distracted from simple devotion to Jesus. Distracted from relationships with people, with brothers and sisters and other others. We can become distracted from our mission. Our mission. We have a mission from the Lord and we don't want to be distracted from that to bring the lost to Jesus, to proclaim the kingdom of God, to, to serve the poor, all the things that we're called to do, to minister to the sick, to bring freedom to captives. And so our, politicals, our political interests, which are great, are the things we're interested in, the ways we want to be involved and be responsible. They can move from distraction. And then the next step, unfortunately, can, uh, can be, it can become addictive. We can become, it can become an addiction. Like, I suppose many things can. And um, so what, what does that mean? So we have to have our fix. Basically, that's what addictions are. You have to have your fix to feel okay. And so we have to know what's going on. We have to get, go to whatever news source that we like or whatever. We have to get the latest. We have to know. We have to know. We have to know. It becomes something. becomes a, very much a driving force in our lives. And, you know, we can't do without it. That's what an addiction is. I can't do without this. This is so important to me. And then finally, the last step is that it can actually become an idol. 
and it can be something that you put above God. It can be something you start to serve uh, politics before anything else and judge everything and everyone else by that, by your political leanings and, and ideas and, and things. And um, your happiness, your, just your basic state of, of, of happiness uh, begins to be way affected and, uh, by that. And it's something you just, you talk about it. I was thinking even, I'm just looking at myself. I told Melissa earlier, this is one of those sermons that we preach sometimes as, as uh, preachers. It's like, okay, I really needed to hear this, you know. So I need to be listening as well as talking. But like, what do I talk about? What do I spend my time on? If I end up, I'm talking about and spending my time on more on the political things than like on Jesus and on the scriptures, then something's going on. I probably need to evaluate what's going on here because that's what I talk about and that's what I think about most of the time. And as I was thinking about this, a verse came to mind. Many of you know this verse. And this verse says, this is my third and final point, and then we'll move on. This verse says, knowledge puffs up. And then does anybody know the rest of it? But love builds up. And uh, I thought, I was talking to Dennis and the guys, I think about this. I thought, I wonder if that's a proverb. And then I thought, no, I think that's in the New Testament. Because it kind of sounds like a proverb, doesn't it? Like you'd find it in the book of Proverbs or something. Oh, knowledge puffeth up, but love buildeth up or something. Uh, but, but it's actually in, uh, it is in the New Testament. It's in the book of 1 Corinthians. So I want to actually, let's just let's look at that. Here's what it says. It's in 1 Corinthians 8. Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines, let's read this together. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God... He is known by God. So I thought about this. This is, this is kind of amazing to me. This, this word, this instruction about knowledge puffing us up, you know, which is not good, by the way. It's not good to be puffed up. That's not a good thing. But knowledge can do that. But what, that was what kind of amazed me. The section of the Bible that I found this in is actually a section about believers in a local fellowship who were having differing opinions about something that they that in their day was very important to them. And we I don't want to go into that. You can look it up yourself, but it was an important issue for the early church there in Corinth. This thing about should we or should we not eat this food that had been at some point in time offered to idols. And uh, it was sold later in the marketplace blah blah blah. But there was real there was a genuine uh, difference about this. And that's where it, it's into that that Paul says the Holy Spirit through Paul says, if, if, if you, and I like, I even like, if you can go back one, I, I like that it says imagine. I, know, I didn't look up that word, if anyone imagines. But it says if you think that you know something on this, you don't know as you ought to know. And I think, I was thinking, you know, actually, if, if, if I take away nothing more, if we take away nothing more today than this, this would be a good thing to take away. Because it kind of knocks us down a couple notches, which is good sometimes. I mean, you know, we're like, wow, the stuff I think, the opinions I hold, maybe they're a little more, you know, 
they're a little more partial than I might realize. I may not get the whole picture about some of these things. I have, I have my opinions, and that's good, but maybe I need to hold them a little more lightly. So I, I do want to kind of just in my own heart, I want to bow to that word today from the Lord. I don't want to be in a knowledge that puffs up. I want to focus on love, and that's what, that's what we want to do in the second part of the message here. But just one more thing is that knowledge is not the same as wisdom. I think most of us know this. It doesn't, knowledge does not equal wisdom. And uh, so, you know, there's a type, there, there's a lot of knowledge available, especially since, of course, the internet and all this, we, you know, don't want to don't get into all that. But, you know, we can tune into knowledge. I mean, just about any time you want to, you can tune into knowledge. You can get more knowledge. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you and I, that we're actually getting wiser by getting all, that, getting all this knowledge. It doesn't mean we're actually growing in our character, uh, you know, uh, becoming more Christ-like. It doesn't mean that we're, we have more of the fruit of the Spirit. We have more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, you know, all that because of that knowledge we just got. I thought that might be an interesting thing is like after you just consumed a bunch of knowledge, just kind of do a self-check like, hmm, how do I feel? Do I feel more loving right now? Do I feel more patient do I feel more, you know, like, uh, no, not exactly, you know. So it might be good uh, to kind of check yourself on that. Because it's not actually good, like Proverbs says here, it's not really the best thing to just live your life out of your own understanding, just leaning on your own understanding. It, that, that's not the best way to live, especially, I thought, you know, especially if most of that understanding, you know, maybe came from YouTube or something. But, um, but but to trust in the Lord and to not lean, because like it says in James 3, there are different kinds of wisdom. I, I looked this up again. I think I put the verses up here. There's a wisdom from the Lord. I memorized this one time. That is, let's see if I can still do it. Do it. The wisdom from above is, first of all, peaceable? Peaceable. Is that right? Is that first? Wisdom from, okay. Oh, pure. Okay. Sorry. First of all, pure, then peaceable, reasonable. Full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Did I get it? Yeah. Open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits. Okay. I used to have these scriptures I said every morning. It was part of my holy habits, and that was one of them. I think because I really needed wisdom is why I was saying it. But, let, but the first wisdom, James is hard on this one. He says, look, it's earthly, unspiritual, and then he says demonic. I'm like, really? For real? But yeah, and so that's not where we want to... To be living out of that type, that thing that is called wisdom. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit, by, by His wisdom, by the wisdom from above. You know, the wisdom, that other kind of wisdom, it is not peaceable, it's divisive, it is not open to reason, it is close to any other way of looking at things, it is not impartial, it's extremely partial. So if you're in a type of wisdom that's divisive, close to other ways of looking things, uh, partial, then you're pro that's not the wisdom we want to try to work out of. You know, it's, it's, it's not what the Lord would have for us. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. And um, the final thing on this is you remember James and John. There was one time when James and John were, um, I think that they'd gone to a town and some, some people did not receive Jesus. This was during Jesus' earthly ministry. And you remember that they wanted to call down fire? Does anybody remember this passage? They were like, Lord, let's just call down fire. You know, wow. Do you remember what he said to them? Does anybody remember this? He said, 
you do not know what spirit you're, you're of or manner of spirit. That's, that's what he said. It's like, this is not a good spirit, guys. You know, to want to like, okay, let's just destroy all the opponents. You know, let's just wipe them out. I, you know, no, that's, that's not, Jesus had to correct them on that. And so, you know, let's, let's receive that. And uh, even, even David, you know, that beautiful prayer, one of my favorite psalms in Psalm 51. Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. The Lord can do this. He can, because, you know, through whatever things, we can, uh, you know, whatever input we're, we're consuming, we can end up with a kind of a bad spirit about things. And it's like, Lord, okay, please renew a right spirit in me and ask the Lord for that. And, and he's willing to do that. He's willing to do that. Okay, so here's what we want to do for the second half of the message. I'm, I'm right on track on time. So that was, this is a hybrid message. That was part one because I did want to share a little bit of what my heart, what was moving in my heart as I was listening to Matt and been praying over this myself because I want to be prepared. And one thing I'll say just in all transparency I think it was maybe two years ago, something like that. I felt like, honestly, I was somewhere on that progression that I talked about. I know I had moved from interest. I was at least at distraction about political things, if, if not maybe farther down the road. And I honestly feel like God literally rescued me from that. I really do. That's my, that's my own heart testimony. I feel like I was not being led by the Spirit. And actually, I will say, part of coming here and being in relationship with you and with our leaders here, I think was part of the rescue operation. I think the Lord has helped me a lot on that because I, was, I, I think I was heading that way. And uh, so the Lord has helped me. And I'm thankful, very thankful to him for that. Uh, so what I want to do this morning now for the rest of the time we have together, next 20 minutes or so, I want, to, I want to actually do kind of a little bit of an introduction to the class that we're going to be doing uh, with, with the adults, our adult Sunday school class that's, uh, starting next week at 9 o'clock. We go from about 9 to 9.45, 9.50, so you still have a, a minute or two to, to grab a coffee in the coffee shop before service. But uh, we do meet in the fire classroom over here, and Dennis, you do a great job with that class. I love that class. I love going to that class. And I love the discussion and, and just what goes on in there. But I'm going to be teaching on the 41 another's that are found in the New Testament. So just invite you if you want to come. Nine o'clock is a good time for you. Would invite you to come. I also, what I want to do is for anybody who can't come to the class but you like want the notes, you can let me know. And so at least you'll get kind of a, a paper copy of some of the discussion we've been doing around this in that class. But in the... Uh, in the New Testament, there are actually 70 instructions that use that phrase, one another. But some of them are repeats, are repeated. And so if you group everything together with duplicates and all, you get 40. It's kind of interesting. There's just, there's, there are 40 particular, unique, one another instructions. And uh, what they do is they set the tone Follow me on this. I always say, I'll, do, I'll, I'll try to speak if you'll try to listen. But they, they set the tone, these, these instructions, these 40, for our corporate shared life. They really do. And they are particularly applicable to us. And, and I kind of want to go for a minute into why. 
Now, of course, any of these instructions would work in your marriage relationship. They would work in your relationship at work with your coworkers. Uh, they could be applied many, many places. But what's important, I think, to, to uh, highlight today is that they are taught, this is important, they are taught into a particular atmosphere, which is that of the local fellowship of believers. They're, they're, taught in, they're taught to us. They are for us. They are for our family or whatever spiritual family that we have been, we have been joined to. There's a basic truth that is, that is found in the New Testament is that as followers of Jesus, every one of us, when we're born again by the Lord, we are, uh, by His grace, we are set into a local family of believers. That, that is a grace, that is the grace of God. And it's a foundational assumption of the one another teachings. It's something that you and I are, there, the assumption is we're joined together to a local family of believers, and that's where we do these one another's, okay? You don't need to guess. Like, I wonder who this is talking about. There's no guesswork. It's talking about you and me. You know, you can look in my eyes. I can, I can look in yours. It's talking about us. These one another's are talking about our relationship. And actually, this is a very strong statement, but I'm, I'm going to make it, is that the New Testament is not familiar with any other type of Christianity. You really can't find it there. Uh, G, you think of Jesus' own life. I mean, if anybody could have gone it alone, you know, for sure, it would have been Jesus. But he didn't. He lived his life in a relationship with a community of people. He had friend, real friends. You know, like, uh, who was the ones that lived in Bethany that he raised the guy? Lazarus. Lazarus, Mary, Martha, people. I mean, not, yes, of course, his disciples, the 12, uh, one of whom ended up not being a very good friend, by the way. But, um, but he had this relational group of people. Then you move into the book of Acts, and you see that the, the church is meeting together. In fact, right, right at the very start, it says they were all together in one place. They were praying together in an upper room. You guys know this story when the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit just didn't come to a person out by themselves mowing the lawn, you know, singing praise songs. They came to this group that had gathered. It was a corporate thing, a visitation of the Holy Spirit on that that early community. Uh, the church was birthed into that. And so time after time in the book of Acts, you see this. Believers are being uh, brought together uh, to worship, to, to pray, to read the scriptures together, which is something we don't do a lot, but I like, by the way. I like reading the Bible together, just reading it. Uh, listening to the teachings of, of the apostles. And then what happens, we move out of the book of Acts into the letters that were written by the apostles. And what, how do all those letters start? Both, most of them, there's, there's a couple of exceptions, but most of them start to the church at Philippi, to the church at Galatia, you know, to the church at Thessalonica. So they're written into these communities, these local fellow, fellowships of believers. So, you know, that's just the heartbeat. That's just something I wanted to share a little bit. And I won't, I won't pick on anybody, but I wanted to show this little picture. So, like, if you, if you, if you get a guy up here, I didn't want to pick on anybody because I didn't want somebody to feel bad, but is there anybody here named Larry? We don't have any Larrys, do we? Okay, so Larry, let's say Larry's up here, and I say to Larry, oh, Larry, you're such, a, you're such a great guy. I just want to spend time with you, but I don't like your wife, you know? I mean, he's not going to appreciate that. He's not going to feel very special when you tell him, 
how much you love him, but you can't stand his wife. That is not going to impress Larry, if Larry's any kind of man at all. That's not going to impress him. But you see, you know, it's kind of silly, but it's like we don't want to do that with Jesus. We don't want to say, oh, Jesus, you're just so wonderful. But the church, no. You know, I don't, that, that's, I don't care about that. You know, I want involved in that. That's, that's hard. You know, that's not, that doesn't, that's not impressive. Jesus is not like, oh, that's just so great. You know, now, hey, there are seasons, and I know that. But I'm just saying in general, as a general rule, we want to, to love the bride of Christ and love Jesus. And then the other one that, that's funny, too is like a head without a body, you know, so it's like, hey, uh, uh, I don't know, Josh, you know, Joshua, why don't you come overnight and watch the Super Bowl, but please only bring your head, leave your body at home, I mean, you know, what, <laughs> you, know, it's like, you know, I only want a fellowship with your head, and uh, so it's like, that's just so weird, you know, but again, silly, silly examples, but you know, we're part of the body of Christ, like if I cut my finger off and super glue it to my head, there will be no more life, in the finger. It doesn't get it directly. It's not how it works, okay? That's all I'm saying. It's not how it works. Uh, are we each personally connected to Jesus? Of course we are. Hallelujah. Thank God. We are. But we're also connected to the body. We're connected. We're members of one another. That's going to be one of the one another's we study. Members of one another, it says in 1 Corinthians. So, so what do you think is the most frequently mentioned, instructed one another in the New Testament? What do you think it is? Yes, I, I, I thought we would know this. I thought we would know this. Love one another. So that's what we'll talk about here just for a few minutes, loving one another. There are 16 verses, and uh, it's, it's said 17 times. So let's go to the first one here. So in the first verse in John 13, 34, Jesus says it twice. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. So it's said twice there. And then there's 15 more times. So a total of 17 times in 16 verses. I don't think we'll take time to, you can just go ahead, just scroll, not just leave, yeah, leave them up there for a minute and keep scrolling. But this is definitely the bedrock of the one another. I was talking to Glenn about this at our men's breakfast. Had a great men's breakfast, by the way. It was great. Great to see a bunch of the young guys there. But um, we said, you know, we were talking about that, Glenn. We said, really, the other 39, they're basically detail or common, you know, commentary on the first one on the love one another, and this is how, this is kind of, and so the other 39, this is kind of how you walk that out, but each of them has a nuance, and I think studying all of them is helpful, but um, none of the other ones even come close. In fact, I should ask this, does anyone want to guess what the second most frequently one another uh, is in the New Testament? No, that's there, we, we, we will study that, not serve, pray, no, that, we will study that one. No, nope, that's not it. Nope. Okay, this, this is the second most common one another. Encourage. Isn't that great? Encourage one another. And I, I was thinking about this. Do you want to be a part of a group of people? I don't care what name's on that group. That the main thing they do is love one another and encourage one another. Yes. I want to be in a family like that. I want to be in a church family like that, you know. So that, that's pretty cool. I thought, who wouldn't want to be a part of that? That sounds great. But the first four uh, verses, no, three, I think. No, the first four verses are, from, are the words of Jesus. And in three of these, he calls it a commandment. I thought, wow, a commandment. So what's a commandment? You know, I'm commanding. You know, Jesus says, I command you to love one another. Well, a commandment is an order given by somebody in authority. 
And so it's not really, you know, like just a good idea or a suggestion or anything. It's actually like a mandate. That's, that's the term I come up with. So this is one of our mandates. We are, it's good to have mandates in life. And one of them that we're operating in is this mandate of love. Jesus said, I, I, I give you this commandment to love one another. The other one, the fourth verse, we'll put up here, the time that Jesus said this. It's not a commandment, but it's, very, it's a very strong thing to consider. It, it, and he says this, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples by the love that you have for each other. That's, that's the way all people will know that you follow me, that you're my follower, by the way that you love one another. And in a couple of the verses, he actually puts a little qualifier on here. He says, as I have loved you. Wow. Okay, er, screeching halt. As, as Jesus loved me? You know, I know as a husband, like husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. I mean, I know that verse, but wait a minute. Maybe this thing's bigger than I thought. I'm supposed to love all of you like Christ loved the church, loved me. What does that mean? That's, that sounds sacrificial. That sounds like all out type of love. You know, as I have loved you, love one another. And so then it moves to Peter, uh, an apostle of Jesus. Here's what he says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers, covers over a multitude of sins. Above all. In other words, this is a priority. Above all means like above all. Love one another. And then he puts deeply on there. Love one another deeply in a deep way, fervently. Then we go to John, who wrote three letters, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. And six times in those three short letters, he says, love one another. Love one another. Love one another. So Jesus in the Gospels, I command you, love one another. The apostles pick it up, you know, love one another deeply. Love one another. Love is from God. This, these kind of things. So, are, you know, are we getting it there? The, that, that, should, that is our, like, main thing. It's the primary foundational thing of our life together. Is, it's what sustains our corporate life is love. Loving each other. I, I, I like to read Leonard Ravenhill off and on. I can't do a steady diet of the guy, but I like him now and then. And one thing he says, he's a revivalist guy from maybe the, what, 40s, 50s? But he said, love is not a hothouse plant. Wow. What does he mean? Well, love is not, it's not just something that exists in highly controlled conditions where everything is just right. I think all of us recognize that. Love is, is you know, it weathers the storms. Love gets bumped. Anybody ever been bumped? I've been bumped. Love gets bumped. It's jostled a little bit, maybe may worse. Love can be betrayed. Love can be offended. Love can be crucified. But it keeps on loving. <laughs> Love keeps on loving. Love never fails. And the Holy Spirit tells us about that love in 1 Corinthians 13. I thought this morning, when getting ready for, for church here, I thought, what I should do, and I didn't do it. I should have done it then. I should put in my calendar a reminder on the 13th of every month to read and pray over 1 Corinthians 13. So I'll give, give you that little challenge. I might do that. But it's one of those passages in the Bible. It's just, it's just one of the mountaintops of the whole Bible is 1 Corinthians 13. It's a little shocking when you start out because it talks about, hey, if we 
you know, have great faith. We move mountains. We serve the poor. We, you know, do all this but have not love. What does it say? It's, it doesn't count. Like, it's, it's for nothing. I am nothing. Wow. I mean, that's a, that's a little shocking. And then it goes on with this list. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not boast. I mean, all, all these things about love. And we're not going to take those verses apart today, but I encourage you to, to maybe read it, maybe take the challenge, maybe the 13th of every month you do a 1 Corinthians 13 check on your life and your heart. But it's, it's uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, some, it's the divine revelation. It's like the definition of love that God gives us, which brings us to that point today. Most of you know this word. What is the word for love in the Greek, the most used word? Right, agape. The verb is agapao, agape. I think it's interesting the church that meets here after us is named agape. Isn't that something? Yeah, it, it's the one used in every one of the 16 instructions to love one another. Every single time it's agape, agapao. And uh, so what does this word mean? It's, it's the love, and there are four words, by the way, four Greek words for love. All, three of the four are used in the one another's, by the way. Uh, I can't remember the fourth one that's not, to look that up. But three of the four are used. But um, agape love is love that comes from within a person who loves, and it is not based on anything that the object of your love has done. So it's like selfless. It's a selfless love. It's actually the love used in John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Agape. Selfless love. Totally focusing on the object of love. Um, it's sacrificial. It's love without hesitation. I love that. It's, uh, and it's the love that we're commanded by Jesus. When he says love one another, it's agape. That's the love he's talking about. And here's good news. In 1 John 4, 7, 7 and 8, it comes from God. We don't have to work this up. That's really good news for me. I don't have to work up love. Love comes from God. That's what it says, beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. It also said that in 1 John 4, it also says this in 1 John 4, 16, for God is love. Have you ever heard that before? God is love. God is agape. The, the very, it describes his nature. What's the nature of God? Agape, love. That is the nature of God. And what does Paul say in Romans 5? He says, not only does the love come from God, but through the agency of the Holy Spirit. It says, hope does not put us to shame. I like that. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Whom he has given to us. Some versions say shed abroad. Maybe some of you have heard that. So it means it's like effusive. It's abundant. The love, agape love, God's agape love it's, is poured out. Melissa and I were out the, uh, yesterday. We saw a waterfall. She said, oh, I love waterfalls. And I do too. But think of it. It's like a waterfall. The, God's love is effusive. It's poured out through the Holy Spirit. A spirit of love is poured out. There's a, there's a big love supply on the inside of you. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have a big, big love supply on the inside of you. It's more than enough. 
There's a lot of agape available in God's family. We're not going to run out of it. Praise the Lord. We're not going to run out of love. It's shed abroad. And so my prayer today, just as we're closing here today, you know, my prayer is the prayer from 1 Thessalonians 3.12. It says, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that a beautiful prayer to pray for one another? Let's, let's ask the Lord to make, to, to make our love, the agape, the love from him, increase and overflow for each other. And you know, we all know this. I've got a couple extra minutes. We all know this, but this, I, I, I really do think it's good to remind ourselves. One of the main battlegrounds of, of our enemy is, is this one. He is out to destroy love. In fact, I, there's a verse where Jesus talks about, you know, the love of many growing cold. You may have heard that verse. That's what we don't want to happen. Uh, but the enemy, he really wants love to grow cold, and he really desires to offend love, to betray love. I mean, it's, it's just a thing. that it's, it's one of his main battlegrounds. He hates love. I, had, I, 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 took it, I took it down, but I had a little picture, a cartoon picture of the devil. That's why I took it down, because I don't like cartoon pictures of the devil. But in the little caption, it said, I must destroy love, you know. But, I mean, that's how he, that's what, that is one of Satan's schemes, is to, is to offend love, to destroy love. And so, um, you know, let's commit ourselves. Let's ask the Lord for an increase of love, a love that will overflow uh, in our body. So that's one. We've got 39 to go. I'm going to try to do it in six weeks. I was talking with Josh this morning. I don't know that I can do it in six weeks. I'm going to give it a shot. Because that's six or seven a week uh, to, to go. But uh, invite you to come uh, to the class if, if you have that av- availability. And, or pick up the notes on Sundays. Just ask me and I'll get you a copy of the notes. So, all right. As we close today, here's what I'd like to do. Hey, I wonder if we could put on some worship music for a minute. I forgot to ask Natalia if we could do that. Somebody put on a little bit of worship music in the background there. Because I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you today. And I got three things, three things to, to think about from this word. I was telling Melissa, I think it's kind of good when we share, you know, when the Lord is, is speaking to us, that we just take a moment and we think, okay, what, what's going on in my heart? What do I need hearing this word? What respond? Because we want to we take away something, you know. From the Lord, and, I, and and by that I don't mean you have to come up for prayer. That wasn't that wasn't that wasn't what I mean by that. I just think it's good to take a moment. And uh, in fact, I, I I won't mention the church, but I have friends that go to a church that the, one of the things the pastor does is I think he takes one minute, like after every every message, he like there's just silence for one minute, and he lets people consider and even write down things they think the Lord might be saying to them. So I think that's a good practice. We don't do that here. But I do want to pray for you. And here are the three opportunities. So first of all, you may be in that situation like I have been, where you think, you know, I would love for somebody just to agree with me for a few minutes, a couple minutes together, because I do think I need to have a right spirit renewed. I, I would love for the Lord. I just sense something's off. I'm not sure I'm operating out of the right spirit in some things. And so... Just come forward here in a minute. We're, we'll, we'll dismiss, and uh, we'd love to have you come forward. We, we usually pray over here by the cross.
that's a good place to pray. So just come forward, and we want I'll be down there. I'll, I'll be willing to pray. We have prayer teams here, and we can pray with you. Lord, renew a right spirit within me. And you know, when David prayed that, why, why do you pray that? Because you recognize that you have some area of a wrong spirit. And you have to recognize, you have to humble yourself a little bit. But on the other hand, you don't get mad at yourself. You just go to the Lord. You know, Lord, renew a right spirit in me about, about this, whatever, whatever that is. It could even be the politics thing. It could be something else. But Lord, I want to be in the right spirit on this. Secondly, we talked about how the Lord uh, sets us into local families, that that is, that is a, a work of, of the Lord. He joins us to families of believers. Um, I'm not in the first family of believers I was ever joined to. Maybe you are. That would be amazing. So it's not that once he joins you to a family, you have to remain there until your dying day. But he definitely, I believe, you know, at the very least, allows you to choose a good family, if not even does some leadership there. And helps you find a good family. So, you know, if that's you today, I just want to invite you to come. If you're asking the Lord for that, like, Lord, I really want to be joined to a good family of believers. And we would love to welcome you here. Obviously, we would love that. We'd love you to join our, our family. But if that's on your heart, I would just ask you to come up. And uh, even uh, Dennis, Matt, maybe we could even make ourselves available here just for a minute or two. If somebody actually does want to actually just come and, and let us know as pastors, you know, I want to I want to be here. I think I'm here. I think the Lord for this season, I'm here. And you've never said that or made that known. We want to just welcome you to that. So we'll take a We'll be up here for a couple. Is that OK, guys? You just come up for just a couple minutes and we'll just let people if they if they want to kind of be received that way. And then the third thing would be would be the refreshing of our love. So. You know, you've been, you, you're in a family of believers, but you like, you know what, I really, I'm hearing this about loving one another. I saw 1 Corinthians 13. Hmm, I, I would really, I would really love the Lord to refresh my heart in love. You know, love can, uh, you know, it can, it can get bumped. I mean, I've been there. I think we've all been there. Your love can get bumped in various ways. But it's like, okay, Lord, just come and put everything right again. I actually, at worship night, I used a computer example, but I thought of another one this morning. So like some phones and even computer applications, they have the restore to default button. Have you ever seen that? Or, you know, whatever action you can do. It's like when your phone or whatever it is, you've configured it in such a way that it's way too complicated to fix. And so you just reset it. You go back to the default. And, you know, maybe that's you today on, on, on love. It's like, Lord... Uh, restore the defaults. I want to go back uh, to that to that love flow that I that I know you want me to walk in. So and and like we said, there's a lot of it available. There's a lot of it available in God. He can pour it out through the Holy Spirit into your heart today, and He wants to do that. So let's stand together. Let's all stand. Let's bring up the music just a little bit now, and let me pray over you. And then if you want to if you want to come forward. Or any of this renew a right spirit I want to be set in a family by the Lord where I can walk out by one another's in joy or I need a refreshing of my love just come up we'll have the prayer team come as well pastors will be up here for a few minutes and we'll pray with you Lord thank you for your word today Lord we we do bow before your word today we ask you Lord 
by the Holy Spirit, Lord, bring transformation, God. Bring the renewing of our minds today. Bring us into a, even a new place today, Lord. I pray over people that their, their love has, has been bumped. And God, that you will bring restoration to us, Lord. You will bring a restoration of our love, Lord. For those of us, we feel like we need to renew a right spirit. Lord, help us now, God. Lord, bring, bring that place where, we, where we're led by the Holy Spirit and not just by our own understanding or by, by other things. Lord, come today and renew a right spirit. Come and join us to your family. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.